27. Okay. Well, welcome back. This is Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Sueno. I'm Dave Tenney. And today we are going to look into Luke chapter 13, the first nine verses to begin our study here today. And I think there's a, uh, something going on above us. Yeah, if you, if you hear the walls moving, that's just our children upstairs playing laser tag. Yeah. So, uh, so bear with us there. Uh, it'll be, uh, someday those sounds won't be in the house and I know that we'll miss them. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, who wants to read? Maybe I'll... <laughs> you maybe go ahead. I'll read. I think you, I started last time. And you stop me when you when I think you we're just going stop. through nine, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's read through five and we'll talk about that. All right. So Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse one, there were, there were present at this... At that season, some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all, all you will all likewise perish. You know that sounds like just what John the Baptist said, wasn't it? Uh huh. Mm -hmm. You know that was that was the <clears throat> same kind of message that John the Baptist was preaching. You're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know when we when we think of repentance, one of the things that uh, you know, we have that opportunity to repent as long as we have breath in our body, and it sort of speaks to the long-suffering of the Lord. Yeah. And uh, we're told in the Old Testament that, you know, times in times past, he winked at the things that man did. He allowed some things that <clears throat> that were against his, his, his will. His will, yep. And, uh, but he now gives us this chance to repent, and, and that's still true, you know, the, still true for us today. I think people, you know, we make us... We make a big deal about repentance, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really, it's such a simple thing. Yeah. And I, the way I always like to explain it is, you know, stop doing what God says is wrong and start doing what God says is right. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. You know. It literally means to have a new purpose, to yeah. turn away, to walk in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. You most likely, uh, it's... It's not going to take a lot of physical action on your part, mm -hmm. you know, unless you're involved in something like, um, you know, <laughs> if you're a, a gigolo or a right or a, you know you're involved in some kind of sinful um, uh, profession, mm -hmm. or um, <clears throat> you know you may you know you may have a drug problem, mm -hmm. and uh, just because. That may be a rocky road to get through that. So, yeah. what, you know, you, you decide you're going to repent, you're going to turn away from doing drugs. Well, you, you, may, you may stumble a few times. Addiction is, uh, is a real tough one. And there's, you know, I, I've known people that have come to Christ and been obedient to his, his will and been baptized into Christ. And that, <clears throat> that repentance means turning away from that addiction that they had. And that's tough. It, it's, it's a, you know, you're fighting against all those chemical uh, changes in your body. And uh, boy, it really speaks to, as we are younger or whatever our age is, not to, not to put anything 
over us. You know, put anything in our body that yeah. will overpower us. Don't get involved <clears throat> in stuff. Yeah, just don't. You know, ma making those decisions just to avoid those things that can overtake you uh, are definitely is, is definitely good. And, and then, <clears throat> like that, the, the next thing that, that popped to my mind as you were talking about repentance there is, you know, I've run across a, a couple of times, uh, unfortunately, where <clears throat> someone was in an unscriptural marriage. Yeah. And they came to Christ. They they were obedient to the gospel of Christ. And, and so that marriage having been entered into sinfully still remains sinful. Yeah, and, and that's a tough one. And that's a really tough one. And, you know. And that is... Uh, yeah, that that means you have to turn away from that from that sinful marriage. Yes, yeah. and that is um, that that that's 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 rough, and and I've seen <clears throat> I've seen people that you know they again going back to making your decisions in a godly way from as young an age as you can. Uh, <clears throat> it really is is helpful. Because it's it's important, and sometimes when when like I said, some people may stumble. Mm -hmm. um, I know I I used to smoke. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that was hard to quit. I just kind of quit cold turkey, but um, it probably took another year. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like, I would go to the gas station and buy a pack of cigarettes and smoke one and throw the rest of them in the trash mm -hmm. or smoke two or three, you know, and, and, and then throw them away and then turn away from it again. Right. Eventually, I got over it. And I think, you know, most people, there's so many people that have quit smoking, you can relate to that. Mm -hmm. But uh, maybe you're involved in drugs, and sometimes those can be uh, even harder to, yeah. you know. Well, I know an elder in the church that told me that <clears throat> that he, uh, w when he was baptized, that he was a smoker. And he, he knew he had to turn away from that. And he, um, he just said he would get up and go to work in the morning and then come home and go to sleep. It's the only way he could do it. Like it, he said it was so hard that he just had to, you know, he literally had to stay away from his family for a little while. Yeah. Because he wasn't a pleasant person when he was going through the withdrawal. And, um, and he just had to do what he had to do. Yeah. It's been almost 15 <clears throat> years for me. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I'll get the urge to have a cigarette. Isn't that the uh -huh. weirdest thing? How, yeah. how, you know, your body can like send that, signal to your brain right. and say, boy, you know, you need a cigarette. Right. So, yeah. So that's what Jesus is talking about here. So Jesus is, uh, is talking to a group of people and they use this example. <clears throat> There's this group of Galileans, uh, some people from Galilee. And, uh, it says whose pilot, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So apparently it sounds like they were killed, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And uh, it says, and Jesus answered and said to them, he says, do you suppose these gals, so these people are wanting to know why this happened, apparently. Right. Right. I, I think a lot of times when, when something tragic happens, we want to know why are we blaming God for something. Right. Right. Or we want to blame God. Why would God do this to me? Why would God, you know, take my child away or mm -hmm. or whatever horrible thing that happens? And uh, Jesus makes this point about, you know, sin and uh, repentance. And I think he steers it back towards, you know, you got to be worried about your, your life on this earth. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that your fault, you know, make that the thing you worry about rather than... Right. You know, the things that happen in life. 
Yeah, and, and Christ is basically telling them that sin is sin. It is. You know, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Right. You know? he, t he talks, hey, do you think these Galileans are worse sinners than yeah. some of these other people? Because bad things happen to everybody. Yeah. And, and, and just to derail us for another second, you know, bad things, people ask that question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why would God allow this young child over here to die a horrible death from some malady like cancer or something like that? You know, we've all heard those questions asked and seen those situations. And, and the truth is that from the, from the fall in the garden, there entered into this world sin. And God told mankind that dying you shall die. And he gives us the period of our lifetime, however long or short that may be, <clears throat> to... Uh, to get right with God and to be obedient to His will. Yeah. Now, you know, as a child, that's a different story, uh, not being yet at that time where they can understand. But, um, but yes, it's not God that causes maladies. And, you know, if a tornado comes through here tonight <clears throat> and knocks the house down, it's not God that said, well, let's knock His house down here today. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Elsewhere in the Bible, the Bible says that God is no <clears throat> respecter of man. Right. And, you know, right. so, you know, God's God's not doing these, you know, he's not um, dictating what happens in your life. Right. You're dictating how you deal with the things that happen in your life. Right. God set things in order, set life in order, and breathed life into us, and we continue to have life to this day because of that, but he's given us free will. He has. And, and we make choices and decisions. And when you think of the snowball effect of the decisions of mankind, you know, that, that's to blame for a lot of the trouble that oh. we have. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I don't know, you know, when you're counseling somebody <coughs> and they're... <laughs> Cover the mic. Yeah. And they're, and they're telling you about some problem they have. I mean, like 90% of the time, you know, you're, you're talking to them and, and it goes back to, oh... You made this bad decision, and you made this bad decision, and you made this bad decision. That's why all of this stuff came, maybe not each one of them was responsible, but when you put them all together, mm -hmm. you know, you get in a bad spot. <clears throat> that happens, I mean, yeah. all the time. We talk, used to talk about that in driving school class when I taught driver's ed, that we would talk about a crash, you know, being a culmination of a bunch of poor decisions, perhaps, on the, on the person of adding up to the person at fault and, and also the person maybe that wasn't at fault but still had did something that allowed the crash to happen. You yeah. wake up in a hurry, you wake up late, you're in a hurry, so <clears throat> you run out the door and maybe you forget to put your seatbelt on. And then and then you continue down the road and you get into a traffic jam because you're, yeah. you're running late, now you need to hurry faster, you feel, you know, and, and it just snowballs until it does until the inevitable. And, and sin works that same way. <clears throat> it does. You know, you, st you, st you get involved in one thing, and that leads to another thing, you know, and it's just like, you know, they talk about, you know, drugs or certain drugs being gateway drugs. Right. You know, and there's truth to that. You know, you, you get involved in one thing, and it leads to more bad things. <clears throat> you need just, uh, you know, with the... Uh, sin is, 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 is like a drug. Yeah. And, you get a little taste of something, and then in order to satiate that desire that you've now fulfilled yeah. and created in yourself, you need to do more. Yeah. <clears throat> I forget where it says that, but it talks about the pleasures of sin. Mm -hmm. uh, and the one thing that you can take away from that is 
Sin is pleasurable. There's no doubt about it. That's it why people do it. Wouldn't be hard to resist if it wasn't. Yeah, excellent. Absolutely. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta remember that that you know the things that we have to resist are things that you know for a short period of time are going to be pleasurable. Yeah. You know, drinking. Oh boy, that can be fun until you get really drunk and really sick. Right. You know, there's right. a, <laughs> and then you know all of the other things that go along with that. Not to mention that you ought not to be doing that. But right. I was. I was just. Gonna look up that that verses in my head too, where it says you you suffer for a short time, yeah, and then after that, the uh, you know you'll be in heaven. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, John, you want to read uh, six through nine? Sure. So Luke thirteen, starting at verse six, he also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, "Look." For three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. I like the King James Version <clears throat> says instead of fertilize, mm -hmm. it says if you dung it. You there know, you go. You know, people, people have known that... Uh, uh, Animal poop mm -hmm. is good fertilizer for a long, long time. My grandfather was a farmer, and he had a large pile of fertilizer outside the barn. <clears throat> and I loathed the day every year when my dad would tell me after school we got to go out to Grandpa's and get some fertilizer uh. for, the, for the flower beds. <clears throat> my dad growing up on a farm, but he is the farthest from a farm boy that you could imagine. And so he always had a car. He never had a truck, so that meant five-gallon buckets of manure in the car with oh. in the back seat holding on to him, you know. <clears throat> I didn't like that day every year. I bet. I bet. <laughs> but the flowers looked great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, have, we have lots of animals and we have lots of manure, so it's, eh, so it's a constant <laughs> thing. But so he tell, Jesus speaks this parable. So he just gets done talking about repentance. So he, he speaks this parable about this man who has a fig tree, yeah, and the fig tree is not bearing fruit. And I think he's, you know, what he's making the parallel here is between, it would be like a Christian who, um, you know, he's a Christian, but he's not bearing any fruit. He's not yeah. doing anything, or she's not doing anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we were in charge, we might just say, well, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. But God is more patient than that. Right. You know, and that's why... He says, he says, he, the, the caretaker of the vineyard says, he goes, he goes, let me, let me do a little work on this mm -hmm. and let's see if we can get this thing to, to turn around. Right. And if it doesn't, then we'll cut it down. Yeah. And I think that speaks to the, to basically being cast, cast away. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> again, it leads to the, it lends to that patience of God, that long suffering of his nature. And, but Make no mistake, there there is a time when the when, tree's going to be those cut that down. Are fruitful will be cut down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Where are we going next here, Johnny? Alrighty. Let's turn the page here. So uh, we want to move on to uh, where do we want to read here? Um, What's the longest passage? Luke or no, Matthew thirteen one through fifty three. Okay, let's look at that. All right. 
move over to Matthew 13. And <clears throat> again, we're, we're going to be dealing with some, some parables here. Yeah, and this probably will take us a couple of episodes to get through all of this. Right. <laughs> so I'll read here the first, uh, I'm going to read the first nine verses. We'll stop and talk about that, which is the parable of the sower. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him. Am I reading the right okay, thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. you're looking at me like, Dave, you're doing something wrong. No. <laughs> Don't mind me. He says, And a great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some six, sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Well, you yeah. think these people understood what he was saying? <clears throat> Probably not. No. Yeah. I, I don't think they had any idea what he was talking about. Right. Yeah, I mean, he used the, the, the parable to try to relate something that they would understand and they, I think they would understand the concept of the seed falling on right. different types of soil but whether or not they they truly uh, understood that they were talking about their hearts yeah you know and 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 again you know when when uh, Christ was was on this journey and teaching and healing people in, in different places even in the face of all that, People just didn't believe yeah. and they couldn't make that connection in yeah. a lot of cases. And and they weren't supposed to. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, Jesus, when he <clears throat> when he gave the parables, it wasn't for the people that were hearing them. True. It was for us. Mm -hmm. Us later on that would read them. Because we would be able, to, and we are able to make an application of it today. Yeah. But back then, those people that are listening, they had no idea. Even his disciples didn't know what, what, what to say. Right, yeah, in verse 10, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answers and he says, because it is given to you, he's talking about the disciples, mm -hmm. to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Right. So when you're reading the parables, realize mm -hmm. that the people that were hearing them as Jesus spoke them, they never understood them. Yeah, and, and, and in a way, it's kind of priming their minds, though, too. It is. For, for, this, for these things that are going to come to pass. And, uh, and so, yes, yeah, absolutely, the, the, the disciples there had a, a better understanding of, of things. But I may have mentioned this last time, but, you know, we always hear the, that a parable is a, what is it? How, do they, how is the most popular way of, it's an it's a earthly story with a spiritual message. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that's a good definition mm -hmm. because okay. sometimes that's not true. Okay. Some of the parables aren't that way. And I found this definition I thought was way better. It says, it says a parable is a figurative form of expression. There you go. And it's more general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what a parable is. Like, like I said, some of the parables don't really necessarily have, they're just, some, some of them are just describing a certain people. Right. Or, yeah, and you can make, you can draw parallels uh, from them and, you know, see 
see the idea behind yes. what he's saying, and especially in retrospect. You know, we're we're so fortunate. Well, oh, we are be in the place where we're at, uh, where we have the full counsel of God, and yeah. we can look into it. Um, yeah. Some people might say, you know, oh, if I if Jesus was here on this earth and I saw him, I would believe. Right. And what 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 did we uh, hear in a, in a few lessons? We'll we'll be talking about uh, Jesus in his homeland, yeah. you know, and how he 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 didn't have any friends in his homeland. Nope. And, and in fact, his uh, people in his hometown tried to kill him. Yeah, they didn't they tried like to him. Throw him out of the out of the city headlong. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's you know we we have more information today than they had back then. Mm -hmm. The people that saw Jesus didn't understand what his plan for them was or the any of the reason right. why he was here. But today we can look at the things that he said and we can we can understand them. the things that the people at that time would understand, especially you know the Jews, uh, having seen having read the prophecies their whole lives. Um, would be able to point out and, and see that all these things are pointing to Christ and that and that uh, certain things were were fulfilled all the prof prophecies were fulfilled and he used words you know even sometimes uh, in his preaching in his teaching that would have struck a chord with the Jewish mind yeah you know and, and should have should have been that that was where the awakening should have been yeah in fact he goes on to speak about that he says. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and to he and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables. He's, I, I think he's talking about basically about knowledge there. Mm -hmm. He says, therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is, is, is fulfilled, which says, hearing... You will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should not so that I should heal them. And he says, Blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see. And did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and and you know, so you know, he just talks about that throughout time. It has always been pointing this way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> the last thing we were going to talk about um, in this episode is Jesus is going to explain what mm -hmm. what this parable meant. All and right. uh, we'll we'll read John. You want to read eighteen through twenty three? Sure. And then we'll we'll chew on that for a little bit. All right. Starting in uh, Matthew thirteen and uh, starting in verse eighteen. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and, care, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word 
and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. All right, so before, when we talked about John, uh, what was that? What was the chapter in John we were, to, we were reading from before? Oh. Was that John chapter 13? That might have been. That's what we started off with. And he talked about this fig tree that's unfruitful. Mm-hmm. And here he talks about bearing fruit. Right. And uh, this whole parable of the sower is kind of about that. So, <coughs> excuse me. He says, uh, he talks about the first person. He says that, uh, he says the, the seed that fell by the wayside, he says that they, they, they heard it and didn't understand it, and the wicked one snatches it away. Yeah. So what's, what's, how do we put that in modern, a modern example? Well, uh, there's a lot of people in the world today that are just in desperation. Sometimes, in, a, in fact, I know that there are a lot of false religious groups that will prey on those that are in a, in a bind in life. And uh, I, I know particularly of someone who was in a, in a store, and uh, someone approached them and and asked if they could if they would study the Bible with them. And well, this person was in a particularly rough spot in their life at the, at that time. They had actually prayed uh, that you know that they would that they would uh, get through this tough time in their life. And then here, this person walks up to them and says, "Hey, study the Bible with me." And and so. Showing the, uh, the the little bit of the little bit of Bible knowledge that that, that person had, uh, in fact, was then clouded by all of this, all of this uh, convoluted uh, yeah. teachings of this religious group. So yeah, the people that wanted to study the Bible with this person, they right. they, they, they shouldn't Which, have been teaching the Bible. Right, and, and 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 you know, and really to call to call to call them what they were, they're false teachers, and they were not of God. And so Satan, in effect, came in and, and snatched away whatever good thing would have, might have been preached to, to yeah. that person. I, I think sometimes, too, is you have somebody who, you know, they, they don't want to take the time to study True. God's Word. So they just say, oh, this is just a bunch of hoopla. Mm-hmm. We're not going to spend our time on this. This is a bunch of, this is a bunch of bull. Or, or they, they allow themselves to be taught by other people only, yeah. when they never look for themselves. My pastor said, "Exactly." Oh, I hate that. I hate when <clears> somebody says times, that. <laughs> how many times do you hear that? It, I don't care what your pastor said. What's right. the Bible say? Right. Let's study that. Mm-hmm. What about this next person? He says that. Uh, he says that the the one that, that fell on the stony place, and he says he has no root, and then when something ha- bad happens, they just fall right away. Yeah, there's a really pointing to a lack of faith. You know, uh, having that, and, and how do we get faith? You know, if, from from hearing the word of God. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to spend time studying the the Bible, you wonder why your faith is weak. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one, your answer. One of the things that um, you know, I think it's so important to to speak to someone before they make the decision to become baptized. You know, we we know that the Ethiopian eunuch when they were uh, when they were in the chariot, um, Philip, it was Philip yes. in Ethiopia. I couldn't, <laughs> yes. I was about to say Peter and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Philip and, and he were in the chariot and he preached Jesus to him. And I, and we don't know exactly what was said, 
but we know that it was enough for him to realize that he needed to be baptized. But along the way in there, uh, there has to be, and, and there had to have been at that time, some talk about counting the cost. And you know, you're going to yeah. make this decision, and this means that you're going to have tough times. It means that, that people perhaps are going to make fun of you. It means that maybe you'll lose some friendships over this decision because Christ wasn't popular in his day. And as we look around us in the world today, it's increasingly less popular yeah. in our society. Yeah. And then the last person we talk about is, uh, well, here's he, he had the one among thorns. We want to skip that one. <clears throat> he says that uh, the deceitfulness of riches choked the word. Mm -hmm. And, I, I, you know, we see that a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> people... People put their trust in their stuff, right, right, <laughs> or their job or whatever, and, right. and that becomes the most important thing. It's true, you know? and and we we are so fortunate, and we live in a wonderful country, uh, so far as countries go on this earth, and we are blessed with even the poorest among us is rich. Yeah, when you really yep. when you really boil it down, and. Uh, we can, in many cases, in the short term, uh, fix problems with money. We can at least feel like we fixed our problems. Yeah. If we have troubles uh, in our, even in our family life, where, where do most people run to? They run to a counselor, and if that doesn't work, they throw money at a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> to try to fix yeah. their issues. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that that uh, that that definitely. We start to believe that we can fix something, yeah. that we can do something, and that's the thorns. And certainly, this is the deceitfulness of riches, and you know, yeah, you know, it's just, I've, I've always, you know, thought that some of the most wealthy people that I know are the most miserable people I know. Yeah, and okay. yeah. because you, money does make you miserable because then w w once you have it, then you've got to keep it. Yeah, and then and then you have to, uh, you're always worried about it. You're yeah. always worried about, am I going to be able to keep that? Am I going to be able to do the things that I want to do? And you start to set your hopes on that. Yep. Just like the man who built bigger barns, you know, that, that he might store his food, take his ease and, and live out his days. What American, uh, what person on earth doesn't want to do that in their old age? We save up for retirement that we might, uh, that we might live comfortably. Yeah. You know, what does the one guy that teaches all the, the the financial lessons say is live like no one today so you can live like no one What's tomorrow? that guy's name? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, got his book. Yeah, I've read car. his book. And in fact, my <laughs> wife and I, did, I can't think of his name right now. Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, that system he has works. Yes. Because yeah. my wife and I, we, we got out of debt with mm -hmm. that system, so. Right. So the last ones, we we're, we're running a little long here, but, you know, he talks about this one who received the seed on the good ground and he hears the word and understands it and he bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. And that's just talking about, you know, a, a Christian who follows the will of God. You shall know them by their fruits. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what we should strive to be. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and uh, end it there, Johnny. I think, All right. I think that's enough for one day. Well, until next time, uh, we, of course, if you have questions, pose them in the, in the comments. 
uh, and we'll try to get to those. And um, Or if you're on Spotify, just shoot us an email. Yeah, don't forget to check us out on Spotify. Look us up. Uh, and, uh, of course, the, the goal of our, of our studies together is that some might be able to hear that, that this Word of God finds that good ground, yep. that, that it might bear fruit. And uh, we, we hope and pray that that happens, and we thank you for uh, joining in with us. And John Sueno and Dave Tenney signing out. We'll see you next time. Yeah.